Clockline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now, you're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. I had to go all the way to Somerset, New Jersey to get a Brooklyn Jewish experience. Founded in uh, 2010, and they've been around. They're doing an amazing job bringing people closer to their Jewish roots. And we're speaking with Rabbi Yitzhak Fingerer and his brother Rabbi Moshe Fingerer, who are not only been excellent speakers here at the Pesach program, Chef of Romy Flam, but really motivate a lot of people to come to Judaism. So let me ask you this question. Let me start like this. When you think of Brooklyn, you don't think of Kiruv. You think Brooklyn is Hasidish, Yeshivish. You don't think Outreach has much of a place in Brooklyn. Manhattan, oh yes, other areas, yes. But Brooklyn? Or by finger. Yes, look, finger. Shalom, Rebzev. Nice to spend Yontiv with you. So, uh, you're correct. There's a very big misconception out there. And it's a gross error because uh, they say that upwards of 60% of Brooklyn's Jews are unaffiliated and really disenfranchised from Judaism. So, we're here to solve that issue. And, uh, Baruch Hashem, we've seen a lot of success. By the way, Rabbi Finger is author of three different books, including Strengthening Your Amuna, Developing a Meaningful Relationship with Hashem, published by Feldheim Books. No, it's amazing that you're helping people. People don't think of Brooklyn as being a place they need care, but they certainly do promote your fingers. So your brother mentioned they do. So tell us about some of the work that you're doing. You've had so many people go through BJX, as is affectionately known. Thank you, Rebzev. It's, it's a pleasure to be with you. So I'd like to add two points. Number one, uh, doing Kiruv in Brooklyn is a chiddush. It's a very novel idea because people think of Brooklyn as everyone is observant, everyone's religious. And when I meet people that do inreach or out, particularly outreach out of town, they say, wow, you're able to pull it off in Brooklyn? You know, because people that aren't observant look at us in Brooklyn and say, oh, I know you. You double parked, you littered, and said, I don't necessarily want to be like you. And if you're able to show them the light and the beauty of Torah and mitzvahs, that's astounding. Now, do Rabbanim, were they accepting of the fact that you have a Kiev organization in Flappish when you first began? I know today is different, but when you started in 2010, were, you, were they welcoming to you? That's an excellent question. You know, a lot of Rabbanim thought there's no need for Kiev whatsoever in, in Brooklyn. And there was tremendous denial. Um, no opposition, but denial saying, oh, don't waste your time, you know, not here, go to Kansas, go to uh, someplace, go to Kentucky. But the funny thing is, we don't just do outreach, we also do inreach. And in fact, in the hotel, we have a few families that are here. One is um, a Hasidish younger man, came to us, I'm not going to say, identify which Hasidish he belonged to, because it's not relevant. And he came to us completely off the derech. And uh, Baruch Hashem, he's here in the hotel with a family, married, uh, so happy to see him. He came to us for years and years, and then he moved on to his own journey, and Baruch Hashem, and we have another couple that's here, older couple. He had a very strong yeshiva background. He had a terrible urethra. He fell, stopped doing certain mitzvahs, and Baruch Hashem, he reconnected. You know, and, uh, and here he is also joining us. You know, we have the whole cross-section. Then we have students that I met that we taught in 2000 in Efrat before we taught for Isha Torah. He's here with us. Tell Ryan that before you got involved in forming BJX, you also gave a class in Efrat to people for off the derech or people trying to find their way back to Judaism. Right, so in Ephrat, you'd be taught in Yeshiva HaMiftar, and um, that was before we joined Eshat Torah. 
in Yerushalayim. And those, those are people, that was NCSY collegiate program, and those are people that um, had very little Jewish identity. And we were there to teach them, to educate them, strengthen them. Some of them joined us in Asia Torah for a little bit, for a Shabbaton there. And um, one of those students actually is a strong part of the BJX family in, in BJX. He davens, he's part of our Kehillah. see him almost every Shabbos. His son had a bar mitzvah with us about four years ago. So it's second generation BJX. Rabbi Finger, I neglected to mention you were rabbi for a while, Asia Torah on the west side of Manhattan, upper west side of Manhattan. Are Baltimore's are people seeking different in Brooklyn than let's say they are in Manhattan and other areas? Are they looking for something different? Do they go off the dark because of different reasons in Brooklyn? That's an interesting question. Um, I think that Brooklyn has its own unique mentality and culture. And that is that uh, Brooklyn people live in a bubble, very insular. And uh, that's why it's an uphill battle. And if you could accomplish Kiruv and create an oasis and what I call almost like a paradise in Brooklyn, I think you could do it anywhere. As a matter of fact, Rabbi Uri Zohar, the famous movie actor, turned Balchuva, who's a legend and an icon in Eretz Israel today, he came to BGX and he was astounded. He said, if you could do this here, this will pave the way for the redemption. Is because you are causing a seismic shift a real a paradigm shift where you have people that think that they own the world <laughs> it's, it's a certain type of stigma mm-hmm. and that they're embracing others they're becoming more tolerant of others this will hopefully herald the Mashiach now, that was his statement I think we have Noah Weinberg who stated that if one man Hitler can kill 6 million Jews then one man can save 6 million Jews yeah well said beautiful and I always say and I don't mean this in Chasr Shalom in any condescending way or to stir up controversy but I believe that Hitler was the greatest teacher to the Jewish people because he taught us that a Jew is a Jew is a Jew that he never discriminated and how dare we then we discriminate in the camps it could be secular it could be religious but the one inherent and innate characteristic that we all shared was that we were Jewish and if we weren't bound together beforehand the camps they were bound together so how dare we discriminate and say, well, I'm questioning your devotion or I am doubting your fidelity to Judaism. We're all Achenu Bnei Yisrael, Bonam Atem Lashem we're God's children, we're siblings. We have to stop this pettiness and the foolishness and start getting our act together and loving and respecting one another. You mentioned something about Hitler. I don't know if you're aware of the fact when they went into Hitler's bunker, one of the artifacts they found was a Gemara Pesachim, a Talmud Pesachim. And it's interesting. In fact, I had this confirmed with the chief Robert Herzog's son or grandson because he had the possession of this particular Gemara. And the irony is Hitler died around Pesach time, April 20th is when he died. And the Gemara Pesachim that finished him off as a really... uh, I, I just find that amazing. That's amazing. So I have something very special to share with you, and that is that you know Hitler and his minions, uh, they were creating and establishing a museum of the extinct Jew in Prague. Of the extinct Jewish race, right? Yeah, and he collected artifacts, but his most prized possession was the Gemaras. And he called the Jewish people the Talmud learners, and he, be- he really believed that that was the heartbeat of the Jew. So it was very, very beautiful. Before Pesach, one of our students, a boy that went to James Madison High School. James Madison High School, to me, it stirs up memories of Bernie Sanders 
and Chuck Schumer, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who you know are, are viewed as you know very very controversial to the Jewish people today. Um, we have a boy from James Madison High School who came to us totally secular, Jewish boy, totally secular, uh, didn't look one ounce Jewish, but very Jewish. Uh, and uh, Baruch Hashem, before Pesach, he, he started out with us not only Olive Bays, and several years later. He learns Gemara, he knows it fluently, and he finished an entire Masechta with Rashi, and we made him a grand celebration. So I felt that that was the real ultimate revenge to Hitler and his Gemara Pesachim. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But here's the thing, though. In Brooklyn, are you finding a lot of people OTD? I, I heard from Hasidic fellows or yeshiva guys that are taught if they, once they do something wrong, whether it's Machal Shabbos, or maybe even using a cell phone. Since I'm doing something wrong, I'm a sinner, so I gotta chuck the whole thing. As opposed to maybe some other people who have never been exposed to Yiddish kind of coming to you. So I'm curious to get a profile and hold it a little bit more. Let me turn to you, Ramosha. Yeah, so I'd like to share with you, if you don't mind, to answer that question, going back to the Kamora Pesachim, which you said they found in a bunker. So, you know, we're now celebrating, you know, Pesach and Tzcherus. So, but freedom to what? Where are we going? And it's very, very important for every Jew, it doesn't make a difference to your background, to always have a particular destination in mind. And our destination, Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, was Shavuos, Matan Torah. And that's the goal. And if a Jew wakes up in the morning and doesn't have a mission statement, a Jew does not have a particular destination, don't know where they're headed, why they're here, problems will erupt. And we see that with from families, you know, it's a terrible situation where so many, unfortunately, are going off the derech or finding their own derech, quote-unquote. It's, it's very sad, it's very, very troubling, but the parents have a responsibility and requires to give each child a mission statement. And then today we're infatuated with materialism and, and we lose sight of what's really important. As a Jew, we have to live with a mission statement and couples, when they get married, they also have to have a destination. What is a marriage all about? What's a bias of Yisrael? It's so important to keep your eye on the bull. We're here for a mission. We have a special mission statement to be the best Jews we can, the best versions of ourselves, to be a light unto the nations, and to know that we have the most precious commodity ever, the Torah and the mitzvahs. And if we have that in mind, and we raise our children, and we establish families, that's the real harmony, and that's the real relationship that a husband and wife have to have with each other, and that could be so instrumental in preventing so many sorrows of of people going off the derech. Baruch Hashem, with genuine love, and sincerity and the warmth that we have in our Kehillah because BJX besides having three locations we also have a shul and we have a lot of tolerance and uh, we see magic we see how people are changing and it's, it's astounding it's amazing but that's what keeps us going the nachos here's the important question how's the kiddush? Baruch Hashem you know it's funny but we, we, we really have to make an effort to have a kiddush every single Shabbos because some people they come you know maybe just for the kiddush. And it's worth it. Let them have a good, positive experience. We're going to grab by Yitzhak and grab by Moshe Fingera, organization called BJX, Brooklyn Jewish Experience. While it's based in Brooklyn, but their influence is felt far beyond Brooklyn. But let me ask you this question. And here's what I think I, I hear a lot from. You have a family of 10 or 12 kids, and the parents expect each kid to be exactly the same. Not every child is going to fit the image of what the family likes. So you hear lots of situations where they throw the child out. For whatever the reason might be, they don't conform. Those kids end up going off to Derek. 
I think those may be a little harder to reach because they didn't have that family structure. So while it's great that you're helping them once they're thrown out, the question is how do we inculcate and, and teach the parents and teach the schools? I mean, there's a famous Rev. Chaim Kanyasi before he passed away about a year or two ago. There was a video circling on the internet where a principal comes to him and says, this person comes from a divorced home and should we throw this kid out of the yeshiva doesn't fit in? And Rev. Chaim Kanyasi says no and he goes, but he comes from a bad home and, and he says no, don't throw him out. But there's too much of a tendency to throw somebody out. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Uh, I always say that kids don't rebel against God. They don't know God. They're rebelling against the instability and dysfunction of their families. And they're rebelling against parents who are not really present. And that's a very important point. They're missing the affection, they're missing the attention, they're missing the love, and uh, every kid needs it. A kid can't be a statistic. They can't be a number in the family. So many Hasidic families, they tell their kids it's either my way or the highway. In other words, if you don't conform to our religious strictures, then you are shakits. And that's a terrible thing. A terrible thing. Klai Yisrael has shivim panam Torah, the 70 fastest to the Torah. There was Yubei Shvatim, was 12 tribes. And just because you don't subscribe to one particular you know, uh, ideology, it doesn't mean that it's not authentic to Yiddishkeit. So we get these kids that were told that, and they hit rock bottom, and we show them that you could be on a Ben Torah, you could be, or a Bas Torah, you could be an observant Jew, and you could love Hashem, and it doesn't necessarily mean the way your parents raised you, but it's still okay. And Baruch Hashem, they find, that st- they find the stability. I just want to share a beautiful anecdote. Um, I think it was yesterday, the day before, I got a call from a boy, and he says... He says, Rebbe, you sold my parents' chametz on there. You did the call harsha, the power of attorney, right? You facilitated the sale, correct? I said, yes. He said, well, they went away, so you sold the whole house. I said, yes. He says, well, I want to know. I'm back in town. I want to know if I'm allowed to go into the house to take a shower. I said, it's a fascinating shower, because technically it's trespassing. It belongs to the guy. Now, why is it so beautiful, and why was I almost ecstatic and dancing when I got this question? This boy, for the past five years, hasn't observed anything. He's dating a Hispanic girl, and... Uh, just uh, abandoned Yiddish guy. The fact that he's asking this question is is a breakthrough. I mean, the breakthrough began already, you know, months ago when he started coming back to Torah and Mitzvahs. But this is huge, and it's because of the being embraced by BGX, finding a path that he felt comfortable with, knowing that he was respected, knowing he was loved, and Baruch Hashem, he was reached that level that we asked that such a question. No, thank God for that. Because I, I would assume, maybe you can tell me differently. That somebody who was thrown out, who was from and felt that he was abandoned, whether he was abused or whether thrown out for whatever the reason might be, may be tougher to reach than somebody who had no exposure to Yiddishkeit and is curious about our heritage. Anybody? Rev. Moshe, you can tackle that. Absolutely. I mean, when they come with baggage, it is so much more difficult. And, uh, and the work, the avoider to bring them back and to break, you know, all the preconceived notions that they have about Frumkite, you're starting from scratch. And you have to regain their confidence, rebuild their trust, and um, it's possible. It takes a lot of work. You know, it's uh, sometimes sleepless nights. But we had a fellow, I, I mentioned this um, in the hotel, a fellow that came to us uh, from Kipper, and a uh, big macho guy. I didn't think he was um, had any background, and he had a Hasidic accent. I said to him, you know, who sent you here? He said, my cardiologist. I said, well, what do you mean? Like, you had a health? He says, yeah, he saved my life. And I thanked him very much for saving my life. 
And the doctor said to me, you know, do me a favor. I know you're Jewish. I detect the accent. I want you to please, two weeks is, in two weeks is Yom Kippur, go to a place called BJX. So he said, I came here. Here I am. It's the first time he fasted, I think he said, in 14 years. Wow. You know, amazing. And um, but the end of the story is even more beautiful, I think, because he came, we had you know, the big blizzard in Brooklyn, and he walked in, and there he was. Shabbos and morning. Shabbos morning. And I said, you know, what brought you here? He said, you know, I thought you wouldn't have a minion. I said, if any place on planet Earth deserves to have a minion, it's BJX. And I, then I, rea I realized that all of the Enoi, all of the suffering that he had, fasting for 25 hours and, you know, staying in shul and everything, that to him wasn't Enoi, it was Ahab, it was love. Because he was finally reconnecting with his father in heaven, and that was so precious. And I knew that we hit a home run with him, Baruch Hashem. But it's possible. It's possible. We could bring them back, you know, with tolerance, love, to re-engage them. Let them know that, you know, mistakes do happen. No one's perfect. But, but together, you know, with a lot of uh, tefillos and a lot of siyat uh, HaDashmaya, we could bring these people back. And they deserve a second... Everyone deserves a second opportunity. There's no reason why they should be cut off or forgotten. Every Jew is precious. But yeah, there's one other factor that you didn't mention. Money. It costs money to run an operation such as yours. So who is funding BJX? How are you able to survive? How does it work? Uh, absolutely. So there's no foundations, there's no institutions. It's kind-hearted people who understand that there's nothing more important than Jewish unity and brotherly love, Ahavas Israel. And all the mishaps of the Jewish people throughout our history, all the tragedies were attributed by Chazal to one, really, one idea, and that is Sinaschinam. So if you want to reverse the Sinaschinam and give instead of baseless hatred, give unconditional love, then your money goes to the best place in BGX. You get dividends and, you know, the Shein Kamohu. It's Laome Olamim, Lanetzachnitzachim. You invest in a stock, so it's ephemeral, it's transient, it's, it's maybe not last. This, you're building neshamas. You build a neshama, it's going to be forever and ever. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I once met with a philanthropist for on fundraising, and I said to him, I said, you know, we'd like to support, whether a public high school program we have or a college program, we do outreach to James Madison High School and Edward Murrow and Brooklyn College on Baruch and Hunter, and, you know, for young professionals. He said to me, he says, I only give tzedakah for sick children. I said, okay. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you want those sick children to get better? He said, come on, they're terminally ill. He says, Alpiteva, naturally, how are they going to get better? I said, well, don't you believe in God? He says, yeah. I said, so Chazal say, that when Mashiach comes, people are going to get healed. So if you could bring Mashiach, then the, the, you'll see these children get healing. So I said, how do we bring Mashiach? And there's a plethora of sources that say that when Jewish people get together, and Avas Chinam, we love each other unconditionally, and we bring Jewish children back, then this will usher and Mashiach. So I said, by supporting BGX, you in turn are helping these kids get better. So please help support us. I wish I could say it helped. <laughs> he didn't write out a check. He didn't write out a check. Uh, you know, he was stubborn. He was very, very stubborn. Uh, but uh, I firmly believe that there's, there's all types of stuckers, but there's one stucker that guarantees that all the other problems, where stuckers, you know, for poor people, whatever it is, the panacea is bringing Abbas Israel and uniting Hashem's children together. 
And that's BGX. There's a famous story the poem which Rav, he was a great fundraiser of Kahaneman. I believe that somebody who said, I'd be willing to give you a sizable donation on the condition that the students don't wear yarmulkes. And he said, I'll take the money. And he established a girls' school. So maybe you could have said that the kids are sick, they're sick spiritually, so maybe you could have used that. You know, if I could just share a personal anecdote. So it's just uh, right before Pesach, we had a uh, Shabbaton. We had, pub- we had college students from Baruch, from Brooklyn College, from St. Francis, from Adelphi, from LIU, um, and um, we're having the Friday night dinner together, and a bunch of students, Jason, Johnny, Sam, sitting next to me at this tremendous Shabbos table, and they said, Rabbi, you know, you accepted to medical school, why didn't you become a doctor? And I said, I- I'll tell you, I love the sciences, I love biology, I love chemistry, I said, but I didn't become a doctor, because I realized I could save a life, or I could save generations. And, and my mission, you know, my heart beats with Klai Yisrael, Baruch Hashem, and if I could save a generation, that's a golden opportunity. And that's what doing Kirov is. It's really changing, you know, generations. And the students, all three of them, sent to me, Rabbi, you saved our lives. Right. You know, they're on their journey. They're on their journey. Wonderful. Uh, I think they're all in Brooklyn College, all three of them. One of them, we actually did his bris um, a few weeks ago. A wonderful young man. He committed to learning Isha Torah. And, but that's what it's about. When you donate to BJX, you are actually saving generations. Before I let you go, there must be one outstanding story since 2010 when you formed your organization that stands in mind somebody who was, you thought who didn't have any chance to coming back or connect or come such an exotic background that you finally got through. So any one of you have such a story that you'd like to share with our audience? We, we have, yeah, 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 thank you. We had a... Um, had a person that was actually on heroin uh, in the past, and everybody uh, really was despondent, gave up, and uh, we gave her a shot. Not a shot of heroin. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like gave her a shot. But we, we, she came to us. We didn't judge, and we saw that you know beneath you know the, the exterior and the external and the facade was a halakhanishama, a holy, holy soul, and with a lot of patience. And a, and a lot of foresight we gave her what she needed most and that was confidence conviction and love and Baruch Hashem a million times today this person is a parent of several children and leading and conducting the most beautiful life that, that to me that to me is just uh, something that you know is nachas real nachas it makes it all worth it it's not easy what we do it's arduous and painstaking and it's Yom it's 24-7 Whereas Ramosha says 25 8. Um, but Baruch Hashem, it makes it all worth it. How many people would you say over the course of time have gone through BJX or been helped or got back on the right path? Any, any ideas or numbers? It's a very tough question to answer. Baruch Hashem, been countless people. And, um, you know, just even the hotel. I just re- we reconnected with someone that we taught in 2000. And Yeshiva Miftar for the NCSY Collegiate Program. Here he is with his family, married. You know, we embraced, we hugged. I've been, in, we've been in touch on and off. But you know, here he is. You know, Baruch Hashem, a solid Jewish citizen. You know, someone that anyone, anyone would be proud of. I just want to share with you a story, um, which to me was very telling. Um, before we founded BJX, we used to learn with a group of people. Most of them were um, raised from, and they went off. Two of them unfortunately passed on. Um, one of the guys I used to learn with was uh, orphaned at a very young age. Although he was older than me, I always felt bad. I doubted that I could be able to have an influence on him, and then one day it happened. Um, I was learning with him every Shabbos, and someone saw him leaving my home and said to me, you can't learn with that guy. 
I said, why not? He said, because he used to belong to a gang called the Bloods. And he, on Yontif, I think it was Pesach perhaps, he cleaned out his neighbor's entire home. He and his gang, they stole everything. He said, he doesn't deserve a chance to do tshuva. He should not learn with him. And he spoke very passionately to me, and I, and I, I was blown away. I, I couldn't believe how someone, another Jew, would talk about someone else. There's always a chance for tshuva. I continued learning with him. Baruch Hashem, he made his first seam in his life. He came back, and the irony was, I was in, doing a hotel program a few years ago. I knew he got married, he moved to Eretz Israel, and I was telling his story. And he was in the audience, with a long payas, a long beard, he had a kapata, and was him. You know, Baruch Hashem. And that, to me, was, was remarkable to see, again, his growth. I knew he was on the journey, I knew he had good footing, you know, he was in the right direction. But I haven't seen him for a few years, and there he was with the whole family, and that was so beautiful. So it's investing in generations, you know, that's really what it is. And we have, we have countless stories of, you know, of the nachas and, and the changes, and, you know, Baruch Hashem for that. Yeah, I remember I, I was doing um, a lecture program, and in the elevator I meet a guy who looked like he was Italian. Um, he's very suave, very cosmopolitan, sophisticated, and it turns out I, something gave me like an intuition. I said, are you a member of the tribe? Are you Jewish? He says, yeah. But I eat chazir and kippur and mechal shalzer for hesio. He said, in that exact lexicon. And I realized that he was off the derech. Uh, so I said to him, I said, what gave him away? <laughs> but he said, b'zeholash I was, uh, I was incredulous. I said, what? Say it again. You know? So uh, I said, listen, I said, listen, let's be in touch. You know, maybe I could talk to you. So he gave me his email address. He wouldn't give me his phone number. He only gave me his email address. And I lost the, uh, half of the piece of paper. So I, one, one letter from the email address went missing, and I couldn't send him an email. And I dove into Hashem. I said, please, Hashem, allow me to reconnect. Allow me to reconnect. You see in the Shema, a pintle yid there. I know, I know he needs it. Six months later, who walks into BJX on a Friday night with an attaché case and a cigarette? None other than this guy. I don't know how it happened. And to make a long story short, Baruch Hashem, he's married with a family, keeping Torah mitzvahs. Living in Eretz Israel. Living in Eretz Israel. We take particularly pride in. Because we want to start, and anybody who's listening that wants to be Hashem, cultivate this and finance it, we want to start JJX, Jerusalem Jewish Experience, because Bez Hashem, we know that we'll all be in Eretz Israel very soon. Amen. Both of you are doing such a wonderful job of people who want to learn more about BJX. They want to contribute. They want to be participate. Send people over. Where can they get more information? So the best way is just to go to helpbjx.com, H-E-L-P-B-J-X.com, and that's the page to don- donate. And, uh, and Baruch Hashem, you know, um, you can also go to Torah Anytime. You see most of my brother's lectures on Torah Anytime. If they want to get the Chizu clip? Or? If they want to get the Chizu clip, they could send a, um, a WhatsApp to 718-809-4574. They get every Friday about 60 to 70 seconds, a very powerful, short inspiration relating to the parsha from Rav Yitzhak Fingerer, Mora De Asra of BJX, and just put your name, and we'll send that over to you. The website is uh, bjxcenter.com if you want to see the activities, if you want to know about the classes and programs. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up the outstanding work. I know we had you for a while doing a radio show. We'd love to have you back. You're certainly doing very, very important work. In fact, the, the one with the distributes chickens for shoppers, you got to put Rabbi Fingerits on the air. They do such wonderful work, which you do. And it goes way beyond Brooklyn. So continue success. Continue bringing people back to their Jewish roots. Thank you for joining us, Rabbi Yitzhak Finger, Rabbi Moshe Finger. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to observe. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Are you 
interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast, or perhaps a TV program, TalkLine Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FMHD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevrenner at gmail.com. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is TalkLine with Zeb Renner. He is so smart, and he is so innovative, and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zeb. So Zeb, Yashikov, may you go from strength to strength and keep, keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, TalkLineNetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or JewishPodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com.